And welcome everybody to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Hope you're well. I'm sweating. It's July in Washington, D.C. So, uh, you know, do the math and it doesn't end up well for me. About four showers a day, FYI. Uh, Today on the podcast, Newt Gingrich, not from America. I mean, he's from America, but he's doing this interview with me from Rome. That's right. It's like he's a refugee at this point. He's in Rome with Callista, his wife, who, of course, serves as the United States ambassador to the Holy See. And so she's based in Rome. He was there in Rome at the time coronavirus broke out, and he hasn't been back. I mean, to, to do the whole quarantine there and quarantine here, it would have been a kind of a nightmare. So they decided to just... Uh, take up shop and settle down in Rome for, oh, now what, four months or so? And anyhow, there he is. And here he is on the podcast today. He's going to be talking about his book, Trump and the American Future, Solving the Great Problems of Our Time. Uh, he explains what's at stake in the 2020 elections and why Trump must be reelected. So big interview with Newt on the podcast today. Before we get to that, a quick word about my friend Scott Rasmussen. Uh, I'd love for you to check out his podcast right here on the Just the News Podcast Network. It's called Number of the Day. Basically, every day Scott takes a poll number, breaks it down, breaks it down, breaks the meaning down, all of that from who's ahead in the presidential race to how America feels about issues of race, the economy. It really is the best way to start your day. Once again, that is uh, Scott's podcast, Number of the Day. Check it out on justthenews.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. All right, don't forget also the other great podcasts on the network, John Solomon Reports, Cheryl Atkinson Podcast as well. Oh, and this one, How Did I Bury the Lead? That's right, The Pod's Honest Truth. That's us right here. And we're back after a quick break with more from Newt Gingrich from Rome in a moment. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. And welcome back, everybody, to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Time now for our interview with Newt Gingrich. He's out with a new book called Trump and the American Future, Solving the Great Problems of Our Time. And in our discussion today, he's going to tackle everything from the fact that, oh, I don't know, Western civilization is pretty much burning. Uh, He talks about Biden and the far left. He actually says that Biden will be the candidate of the far left. And he also gets into Biden's 97-second 4th of July speech, which he calls uh, the most anti-American speech he's ever heard from a presidential candidate. He also gets into how this period, 2020, compares to uh, any other times in modern U.S. history. And taking a look also at Elon Omar and her comments about wanting to dismantle America. Newt has a few things to say about that, as you might imagine. Here he is, Newt Gingrich, in part one of our interview. Newt Gingrich, thanks for joining me there from Rome, from Italy. My goodness, when are you ever going to come back? Well, as soon as we can. As you know, Callista's the ambassador of the Vatican, so she's staying pretty busy. But we'd like to come home as soon as we can come back without a double quarantine, the way it works right now, we'd have to spend two weeks in quarantine in the U.S. And then when we came back to Italy, we'd spend another two weeks in quarantine. So we're trying to stay busy and and, uh, hope everything will calm down. 
Wonderful. So speaking about everything calming down, uh, if you've just checked in here in the United States, things obviously are not calming down at all. Uh, President Trump, uh, you know him well. You've written uh, a book about him uh, in the past, but now this one specifically. Talk to me about this book, the timing of this book, why this book is important for people to understand uh, as it relates to the times that we live in today, Newt. Well, I, I wrote Trump in the American Future because it hit me last November and December that this election would be probably the most consequential choice since Abraham Lincoln in 1860. If you look at Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, you look at their left-wing anti-American allies, uh, and then you look at where President Trump's trying to take us, the gap is so enormous. And I wanted to write a book that gave Trump supporters uh, ammunition and facts and context so they can go out and explain things uh, to people who have been deeply misinformed by the propaganda media, which has sadly replaced the news media as a primary communication system. So I hope it's helpful to everybody who wants to make the case that you really don't want a radical anti-American movement in charge of the American government. So where does this leave Joe Biden? Because you've got the far left and then you've got Liberals, uh, I, I don't. Do you see a, there's a distinction here between uh, some of you call them mainstream Democrats, if you will. Call, I don't know what you want to call them. And then there's the far left, the Elon Omar's, the Squad. Well, explain how that can hurt Joe Biden because he seems to have three opponents here. He's got to take on Donald Trump. He's got to take on himself to a degree, but he also has to take on the far left. Well, I don't think. Look, he's not going to take on the far left. Ah. And every, if you looked at his. 97 second uh, 4th of July statement, which in itself tells you something. Uh, it is the most anti-American uh, talk by a presidential candidate in my lifetime, maybe ever. Uh, Biden has accepted hook, line, and sinker that he's going to be the candidate of the hard left. I have a chapter uh, in, in uh, Trump and the American Future on uh, the 200 plus radicals in the House. Nancy Pelosi wrote a $3 trillion bill which includes, for example, giving $1,200 to every illegal immigrant as a stimulus. Um, and Biden has said he'd sign it. So I, I don't think you can get too far to the left for Biden right now. He's decided his future is with the radical wing of his party, and he's going to be for whatever they tell him to be for. Newt, you've been talking about this for years and years, this uh, eroding of Western civilization values, Judeo-Christian principles. And here we are, Newt. I mean, you called this a long time ago. Uh, you were ahead of the curve on this. Talk to me about uh, that specifically, because we've seen Elon Omar talking about just recently dismantling the U.S. economy, all of this. Uh, where is this going ultimately here, Newt? You know, I mean, it tells you how sick it is that somebody who was born in Mogadishu, which is certainly a less desirable neighborhood uh, than Minneapolis, mm -hmm. who came to the, who was spent four years in a refugee camp, came to the U.S. with her parents. Uh, her father got a very decent job. She ended up getting to be a U.S. congresswoman. And instead of being excited and happy and positive about a country which has given her a dramatically better future than she would have had in Somalia, she's for some reason enraged. Uh, and I think it tells you the depth of the anti-Americanism, which has infected our universities. And in fact, you know, a lot of people, like, I mean, Colin Kaepernick the other day said the reason he, he kneeled had nothing to do with civil rights. It had to do with 
disrespecting the United States. Um, and I think that you, you have a anti-Americanism, which in many ways is in its third generation. I wrote a newsletter recently at Gingrich 360, which people can get for free. And I described three generations of brainwashing, going back to Herbert Marcuse uh, at Berkeley about 1961. Mm. So what you had, because the rest of us weren't militant enough, uh, you know, the, the, the boards of, of advisors or the boards of directors of all of these colleges and universities should have insisted on a collision with faculty. Uh, we should have had a fight over promoting the kind of people who hate America, who want to destroy America. Uh, as one of the leaders of Black Lives Matter said, uh, if you don't give us what we want, we'll burn it down. Uh, I think that's pretty clear. Uh, and of course, it's made doubly hard because the same attitude, the same radicalism now dominates the newsroom. So if the editor at the New York Times, after seven straight days of filling the newspaper with left-wing ideas, gives one column to one conservative senator, he has to be fired because he's committed an act of heresy. He's just lucky they didn't insist on burn, burning him at the stake. But that's the kind of, I'm about to do a new series of my podcast, basically entitled uh, Shut Up, uh, and just talking about the totalitarian left, which wants to tell you what you're allowed to say, what you're allowed to tweet, what you're allowed to think. Uh, it's, it's crazy what we have, we've now grown to tolerate in bullying by the left. You know, speaking of the left, uh, or another code word for them, the media, uh, the media has come out just recently. Washington Post, for example, put out a, just a this was an above the fold story. This wasn't an editorial talking about how Trump is pushing to preserve Confederate statues. And I'm thinking, where in the world did he actually say he's preserving Confederate statues? The last time I checked, he wants to create a national garden for American heroes. And Jefferson Davis and Robert E. Lee, I don't see their names on this uh, executive order. So uh, it just seems to me like this is something the, le the, the left, the media is really pushing out there. Well, I think his uh, speech at Mount Rushmore was so powerful. In fact, I think it's the most powerful statement of freedom since Ronald Reagan of Westminster in 1982. Wow. And I think it was so powerful that both the propaganda media and the Democrats felt compelled to lie. Uh, I mean, you had uh, one of the Democratic senators saying, you know, that he praised the Confederates. He didn't. They're not in the speech. You can't find them. But they so they just simply literally went out and made up what they wanted to attack Trump for. And that's part of why you, I wrote the book uh, Trump and the American Future is to, was to give people facts. So when they went to the local coffee shop or their local bar or wherever they talk to people, they could say, you know, this is just not true. Uh, and that's what we're up against. This will be a campaign much like Lincoln in 1860 and 1864. It's going to be a campaign where the lies told about the incumbent president will be astounding and vicious and uh, breathtakingly dishonest. And at least half of them will be carried uh, by people like The New York Times, The Washington Post, ABC, CBS and NBC. You know, Newt, tell me regarding your book, um, you know, you are a student of history, and we have a lack of students of history today, especially from the Gen Zers, the younger millennia, you know, younger generations. How concerned are you, uh, as it relates to writing this book, that people just don't understand context, they don't understand history, and they don't understand just kind of basic um, uh, U.S. structural values that were embedded in the Constitution? Well, I'm, I'm very 
very concerned because it finally hit me that uh, what you're dealing with are, are people who either don't know anything or what they know is not true. Ronald Reagan once said, it isn't, he said, I'm not so much worried by what they don't know as I am by what they know that's simply not true. Hmm. Uh, well, he was right. And if you go back and you uh, read his farewell address, the closing section of it is on the failure to institutionalize accurate patriotic American history, which he said was the greatest single regret of his presidency. And I tell people, you know, the simple fact is that Reagan beat communism in Moscow, but lost to it at Stanford. And I think that's what we're up against now. You have three generations, which means the people who are the executive assistants at Google or Apple or, or Facebook are people who are educated into this hardline anti-American uh, left-wing value set. And that's why you see all the major corporations drifting towards doing what the left wants because their CEOs are surrounded by people who basically have bought, you know, they've drunk the Kool-Aid and bought the magic. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, let's continue on now with more of our Newt Gingrich interview. Uh, we're going to get into the COVID-19 situation uh, and something he wrote about in his book, specifically the introduction of his book, uh, and it's very interesting to see how he sees COVID-19, especially as it relates to the Trump-Biden fall matchup. So let's get into that and a lot more with Newt in the second half of our interview. Newt, I want to read you something from your introduction about COVID-19 in the book, where you talk about the coronavirus. And you say this COVID-19 pandemic is perhaps the most important collective experience since World War II. Can you expand on that and then kind of get into what that means for Trump and this election coming up? Sure. I mean, it's it's the one thing all of us have experienced for weeks and weeks and weeks. We all experienced 9-11, but that was a very temporary several hours and then, then the days that immediately followed. Mm -hmm. This has been, for virtually every American, a searing problem. Locked up in your home, potentially losing your business, being out of work, uh, not knowing who to believe, uh, getting all sorts of strange information. Um, and, you know, start with the name. It should be called either the Chinese virus or the Wuhan virus. But political correctness requires us to call it COVID-19. Um, look at um, what's working and what isn't working. The fact is, and, and I'm frankly as, as confused as anybody. My younger daughter, Jackie Cushman, is a certified financial analyst and is really, really good with numbers. And she said to me the other day that the, the information that the Center for Disease Control puts out on the virus is so muddled and so confusing that she can't figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I think people have this instinctive sense that there's something wrong here. And the people that we have loaned power to are really trying to uh, tell us things that aren't necessarily true. So you end up on the one hand with terrible decisions by Governor Cuomo, which probably killed six to 9,000 senior citizens 
unnecessarily because he was paying off his hospital allies in New York State, at least according to former Lieutenant Governor Betsy McCoy. Mm-hmm. You have um, the fact that the, the number of infections are going up, but the number of deaths are not going up at anything like the same rate. So you're getting to a point where you have to wonder exactly what are the patterns out there. We know that if you're over 65 or 70, you ought to be very careful. If you have heart disease or respiratory disease, you ought to be very careful. But if you're a healthy 25-year-old, the odds are very, very high that you don't have a problem. I had a university president tell me the other day that he will lose more students next year to suicide and car wrecks than to COVID. Mm-hmm. So he said, telling me not to open my university because of a disease which is not a threat to my students makes no sense at all. Tell me about Donald Trump. And he's he's an all-in strategy here as it relates to COVID-19. And what I mean by that is he's saying, look, schools need to open. We need to kind of get back to as much as we can in terms of it being normal. I understand nothing's normal right now, but he wants to go there. Joe Biden is doing the basement strategy. He's doing the exact opposite. I wonder what the mood of the country is. I mean, could Donald Trump have overplayed his hand here? I mean, he's got a good gut instinct. He's got good gut instinct. And I understand he yearns for freedom and all of that. But uh, there's a, I would think there's a concern. You've got to be where the American people are at, correct? Well, it's, it's a little bit like, like uh, Resky's famous line that he goes to where the puck's going to be. He doesn't go to where the puck was. Um, I think that people are going to realize presently, uh, ju- just as they've, they've now realized that, that uh, the most recent study by the Henry Ford Hospital, massive study in Detroit, indicates the president was right in saying that, that uh, I'll say it wrong, but hydroxychloroquine yeah. uh, actually does have an effect that's positive. Uh, well, you're not going to get the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post to say, oh, God, actually, the Wall Street Journal did say it, but the Times and the Post will never say that Trump was right. Uh, <clears throat> the question I have is, um, if, in fact, we continue to go through a period where the therapies get better and better, where what we're really experiencing in part is, is the, the, the sheer capacity of our testing. I mean, the mayor of Atlanta announced the other day that she had the virus. She went on to say she was really surprised because she had no symptoms at all. Now, but she technically had the virus. Mm-hmm. So am I supposed to list her as somebody to worry about? Or am I supposed to start saying, you know, how about a lot of this increase in the virus is people who are not affected by it at all? Well, if they're not affected by it at all, why is it I'm supposed to panic? Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is the, the unfortunately, uh, the, the public health people have become a little bit like the weatherman. You know, the weatherman loves a hurricane because they can say a hurricane may be approaching weather at six and they'll get a much bigger audience than if they say totally sunny skies, weather at six. Well, in a sense, I think the public health people don't want to give up this newfound power and fame, but I think they're doing a great disservice to the country. Uh, I think that they're, uh, we really should be focused on how to reopen the schools. We really should be focused on uh, how to continue to reopen the economy, which frankly has come back much better and much faster than economists thought it would. Uh, and that's very important. We had a 42% increase in drug overdoses uh, during the period of the lockdown. We had an increase in, in suicides during the period of the lockdown. Uh, We have to recognize that there are consequences to closing down an entire gigantic country 
And then you can't just let the public health people answer one question. They've got to look at the totality in designing a strategy. You know, you mentioned something earlier that Biden being captive to the far left or beholden to the far left. And it made me think about when Biden talked about wanting to regulate, if he were president, he would regulate that everybody wear a mask in America. And it gets to plastic straws and a lot of the sugary sodas. It just seems like, I mean, this kind of revealed a mindset, if you will. Well, there is. And if you watch the more left wing governors like in Michigan or Minnesota, um, they really think they have the right to tell you what to do. Mm. Uh, that they, they, they think the Constitution is interesting, but you can set it aside. Uh, and, you know, a lot of times they'll tell you weird things. I mean, so in a number of states, marijuana stores were essential. Churches were not. Uh, in a number of states, Planned Parenthood and its abortion clinic was essential. But pro-life groups were not. Uh, well, that tells you about the, the political bias of the people who are in office not about uh, the values of the American people. You know, Newt, as we wrap up here, I, I wanna, as a, as a professor of history, as a, as, a, as a historian, Newt, where in the world is 2020 ranked uh, in American history in terms of some of the most, I mean, I, mean, I get it, Revolutionary War days. I mean, we, we've had some years in our history uh, that have been extremely important. But in terms of craziness and I mean, we've had a president been impeached in 2020. We've had a global pandemic. We've had riots and racism in the street. Kanye West apparently now running for president. Anyhow, that's a separate issue. The point is, this year, has has this been a year like none other or one that has been hard to recollect in America? Uh, uh, I would say uh, 1967 to 72 would be comparable. Okay. We had, uh, had 2,500 bombings in the United States. Uh, we had the weathermen out actively trying to kill people. We had the Black Panthers openly stating that their goal was to shoot policemen. Um, we had a million people gather at the Pentagon. Right. Uh, you know, there are a lot of things going on from 67 to 72. And then it burned out. But we're now seeing, for example, uh, the district attorney of San Francisco is the son of one of the weathermen who's still serving time in jail for having killed a, a guard during a revolutionary bank robbery. Um, this guy was raised, since both of his parents were in jail, he was raised by Bill Ayers, who was a weatherman who said on 9-11, yes, he used to do a lot of bombing too, but probably didn't do enough. Mm. So you're talking about there is a string of, of hardline anti-American activists uh, that has been out there at least since the early 60s, in many ways goes back into the communist penetration of the country, uh, in the 30s and 40s and 50s. Uh, and uh, that stream is what's produced a great deal of what we're now living through. And it's going to be a real fight to take our country back. Uh, well, you can't, I, I don't assume it's automatic. I think there is a future in which you could have a very left-wing totalitarian system in charge of America. Well, and that was my final question to bring it back to your book, which is kind of you're laying out the case of why it's so important, uh, the, the vote this time around, especially. But you mentioned 67 to 72, and then it kind of, I don't call it fizzle out, it kind of moved on. But but here, are we at a, a much deeper inflection point? I mean, this might not be yeah. two or three years. I mean, this this could be catastrophic for the country. Oh, this, oh, this will be a deeper inflection point because the propaganda media and the academic world are both so much, much so they're so much sicker than they were in the late 60s that, that curing the disease will take more time and effort 
and be a harder fight. And they'll fight back. I mean, legitimately, they, they believe in their anti-American worldview and they're going to fight for it. They're not going to just roll over and play dead. Uh, and so this will be a real fight. Uh, but I think it's, it's a fight in the end. Uh, I think there are vastly more people who love America than there are people who hate America. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. And if you watched Biden the other day, Mm -hmm. uh, or if you watched uh, Congresswoman Omar's comments yesterday about changing the whole system, um, you begin to realize uh, we have a race this year that involves people who have an explicit purpose of profoundly changing the United States into a very different country. And people have to decide, is that what they want? Mm. New Gingrich, always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much. Stay safe over there in Rome. Arrivederci, right? Is that what I said? Arrivederci. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Great to be joined by Newt Gingrich today from Rome on the Pod's Honest Truth. I'm, a, I'm assuming the pizza's got to be pretty good over there, though I'll be honest with you. I've been to Italy. The pizza's okay. Sorry. I want to apologize to the country of Italy, uh, but that's on the record. Pizza's okay. I'm from New York. Take a wild guess where they have the best pizza in America. Excuse me. The world. That's right, New York. I digress. Look, Newt at the end of that interview said something that really does ring true. And look, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that there are those, many on the far left, that want to change Western civilization. They want uh, their standards. They want uh, no standards in a way. They, you know, we hear about this dismantling of the U.S. economy and they want to change it to socialism and all that. Okay, that's all fine. But there's something much deeper than that going on here. Uh, the question from a faith and politics standpoint is that when it comes to evangelicals, we evangelicals believe that, you know, hey, we believe in God, we believe in God of the Bible, and the Bible has standards, and God has standards. And would you want to live in a world that has standards to live by rather than, oh, I don't know, my standards, your standards, his standards, her standards. I mean, everybody has their own standards. Knock yourself out. Live in a secular world where anything goes and anybody's standard of right and wrong can be right or wrong. I mean, that is a hodgepodge of disaster waiting ahead. That kind of is the underlying Judeo-Christian issue under all of this. But the bottom line is Newt is right. Uh, there are folks that want to systematically change America the country we live in. This is not about Confederate statues. This is not about Donald Trump. Uh, this is not about deciding that, hey, you're going to vote for Trump and what are you doing because he's a horrible person, a horrible... It has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. This is a fight in the macro over, as Newt says, Western civilization. I would suggest it's Judeo-Christian principles as well. Newt would probably agree with uh, that too. And that's where this fight is heading. It's here now, folks, uh, but it could get progressively worse, no pun intended, uh, very much in the near future. And that's the Pod's Honest Truth. Until next time, America. Mm -hmm.